Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Good morning, good morning. Welcome into the show, Life Planning 101, right here on KATX, KWBY. Blakeney Hodges sitting in for Terry Slavings this magnanimous Monday morning. Um, And we're ready to kick off. We've got Aaron Kennedy in the house and Matt Irvin. And what are we going to talk about today? Hey, good morning. we got a full day of investing. I know the market's been pretty crazy. So, unfortunately, my sister is on the road right now. She couldn't be with us. So, y'all got the second team of me. And I've got along a real treat for you today. I got Matt Irvin with you. He's my right hand man in the office. Helps me with uh, all the investing and seeing clients and everything else. So it's going to be a real treat today. Kind of funny story. I have a an intern that's in the office right now. Uh, we got somebody coming down from uh, one of the financial planning schools here in Texas, mm-hmm. and he spent the summer with us. And we were talking about individual companies, and uh, I can't remember exactly what we were going over, but I was going behind the scenes of why this company was doing this and why it would fail. And I'm kind of blunt. And uh, after I got through with my little spiel, Matt stepped in and said, okay, now that he said that, let me tell you what it means. So having Matt here with us, he humanizes everything (laughs) I say. Human decoder. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's good to have him here this morning. Well, thank you for having me. And it's good to be here. Good morning, everybody. So before we get started, I wanted to kind of give you a background. I know we talk about this every single time, but it's so important. We as a firm are behavioral investors. We've been doing this for the last 20 years. As humans, we are simply designed to survive. You know, our human emotions keep us alive. You know, we live in this constant feelings between fear and greed. And whether we're looking for food or hiding from saber-toothed tigers, you know, we're always either in complete fear mode or complete greed. And it works but it's exact opposite of what we should really be doing if we're investing. Those exact behaviors that keep us alive help us fail in investing. Mm -hmm. And and that's why in the market, the market average is about 10%, and the average person makes less than two. And that's because they're getting greedy at the very wrong time, and they're getting fearful at the exact wrong time. And we can probably see that a lot with what's going on right now in the market. Mm-hmm. You know, this market's been crazy, and we've seen it all over the board, people being up huge amounts or down huge amounts. Mm-hmm. And it's just our brains that's causing this to happen. And when I talk about behavioral investing, the other important part of that is investing itself. So when we talk about investing, investing is being able to look back 10, 15, 20 years in seeing what you've built. And it doesn't matter if uh, you're a small business owner or you've bought a factory or you're investing in your 401k. If you look back over a, a huge amount of time and see what you've built, that is investing. And that's what we do in this firm. We're not gamblers. Gamblers is looking back over the last month or the last year and said, how much did I win? 
you know and if you look at it from that point that really gets us back into the pure greed mode mm-hmm. of our behaviors and it just doesn't work in the long run so now that we've got that out of the way let's talk about what's affecting the market this year this year has been absolutely crazy and it's been hard to wrap your mind around period we've had coronavirus happen and uh, you know we actually shut down our economy for a lengthy amount of time we've never done that in the history of our country you know so uh, there was a huge unknown how that was going to play out and it's still a huge unknown what the effects of that are going to be you know we've had this huge amount of government stimulus that's come in and it was unprecedented of how much and how quickly our government stepped in and helped out you would think looking back over history they would have sat in the house and sat in the senate and debated until it was all over but within a short amount of days they had a plan together and money was out the door so if you look back at what's happened nobody nobody could predict what three trillion dollars being thrown into the market would do looking at it we're shutting down the economy people aren't working small businesses are going to struggle we're going to see a lot of bankruptcies People aren't going to be able to pay their rent, whether it's on their home or their office building. You know, the economic effects of that were going to be devastating, mm-hmm. you know. But what did the market do? It did the opposite of what we all would think, you know. So it was unprecedented. And not only do we have the coronavirus, but we have this constant assault from the media, this constant uh, bickering with politics, and you know, and it's just... Exhausting. Exhausting. It will drain you mentally to scroll through your Facebook feed. It's like, yeah, it's nonstop from both sides, far back. It's just too much. And why? Why would anybody want to step in and invest at a time like this? How can companies do well with our world falling apart the way it is? You know, and that's really the way way it feels. I have so many people that tell me I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't even get on my computer. It's just too painful. It's depressing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's all out depressing. So I, I think there's an opportunity here, though, because when you think about it and you talk to somebody, how does the stock market work? Most people are like, well, I hate it. I lost everything I had. Or, hey, I made money overnight, right? So they have some kind of contradictory views. But I think it's a great opportunity to see the stock market's full of companies, real companies with real investors. And you see things that are extremely undervalued right now, and you see things that are extremely overpriced still. So it's a good relation to see what is the stock market. It's made up of companies that we use every single day and kind of realize that and bring it back to light of investing and give us maybe some motivation to invest. Yes, That's that a good is point. exactly yeah. That's a very right. good point. It doesn't matter uh, what point in history we've been in, whether it was the dot-com crash uh, in early 2000s, you know, the mortgage crisis in 2008. Mm-hmm. There was always companies that made money. Yeah. But, you know, those aren't the ones we hear about, and those aren't the ones we feel. Because yeah. if the market overall is down, you know, it puts us in a real depressing mood. But Matt is exactly right. The market is a market of companies. And I think we've talked about this tons and tons of times is that you know the market goes up because people are buying certain securities within that market mm-hmm. and though those same securities or companies they go down because more people are selling them and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good company or a bad company but what are the masses doing 
Is there overwhelming buying pressure or overwhelming selling pressure? So that's something that's really important to keep in mind. You know, if we look at everything that's going on and then dig into the market itself, it's actually mind-blowing what is actually taking place. We've been telling this story in our office that uh, companies that are more the work-from-home companies, you know, the big tech companies mm-hmm. that can still earn money while you're sitting on your couch not leaving the home, mm-hmm. you know, those have done extremely well. Yeah. I mean, all of them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be work from home. You know, just look at Domino's Pizza. They have knocked it out of the park. You know? Yeah. But it's the same theory. You know, they're making their money from people sitting on the couch, picking up the phone, calling them, and they're delivering a good to you. Mm-hmm. Just like Amazon, just like the cloud computing companies, just like some of the teleconferencing companies, you know, all of them. If you don't have to get out and you can use technology from wherever you are in the world, they've killed it. Yeah. Totally thrived. But, you know, those have done extremely well. But if you look on the flip side, and we're going to call these our travel stocks because those are the easiest to understand, those have been decimated. So, you know, cruise lines, I know that's been in the news a lot. Uh, Airlines, rental companies, a lot of your big industrials, energy companies, you know, anything. The older economy has been sacked pretty much. And if we look at the market on an even playing field, and that means if we take every company in S&P and give them equal weights, so we look at what the average of all companies have done throughout the year, those are still down. Those are still down close to 5% year to date, where if you look at big tech, it's up close to 30. How does that happen? And if you look at just strictly the travel stocks or the economically sensitive stocks, Those are down over 20%. So there's a huge discrepancy in what the market's doing. And depending on what side of the market you're on or where your beliefs are, you're either extremely happy right now or very, very depressed and you probably need to go see a doctor. It's it's not good. So talk a little bit about that and how we find that mixed bag with risk and what are some of the tools that we use to make sure people... Uh, stay invested and I want to give this short story I was sitting with Aaron uh, we were talking to a client one day and Aaron said if somebody asked me what my job was and I was like hanging on the words I was waiting to hear what he had to say because it was so just exhilarated it's like what is your job Aaron he said to keep people invested and the biggest thing we do that is get your risk right can you talk a little bit about that in this environment Sure. The risk is the most important part. You know, I was talking about fear and greed earlier. The objective is to get it just right, where the market, no matter what it drops, we have your risk right, where you won't drop more than your breaking point. Gotcha. And that breaking point is you giving us a call and saying, take me to cash. I can't do this anymore. So if that happens, we know we've lost the game, and then we're going to lock in those super low returns you know, but just on the flip side, our human behavior is not just fear. We have greed too. So on the flip side, we have to make enough money in the portfolio when times are good that you don't call me and say, put it all in. Because if that happens, we know we got that part wrong too, you know, and more than likely you're asking me to put everything in after the market's had this huge, amazing run and greed's taken over. And we know most of the time greed takes over at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So the main objective is to get the portfolio built for the individual person. 
And I like to say we need to build the portfolio to get the return that you deserve, you know. And that means if your risk says, hey, you should be making 7% long-term um, with this risks of stocks and bonds, that's great. If your long-term return should be 4 because of your risk level and we should have this mix of investments, that's great. What we don't want is to get below that 1.7 or 1.8 of what our human behavior is going to make us do if we run off of emotions. So it's a very, very delicate balance. And, uh, you know, even through this coronavirus and everything else, it's worked out amazingly correct. You know, our risk levels, it did go down to the bottom side for everybody, but that's what we were planning on. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these conversations every single time we meet because things aren't rosy all the time. Yeah. You know, they feel good when they are, and, you know, we're all smiles, but eventually something like the coronavirus is going to happen. Sometimes Y2K is going to happen. Sometimes the mortgage crisis is going to happen. So we have to be ready for that. The market will be surprised, but I don't want our clients to be surprised. And as an investor, you should not be surprised when the market goes down. Because it happens. When I talk to clients about risk, it can mean so many things. And it means something to us that it may not mean to somebody else. But I like to say it like this. If uh, I'm not originally from Texas, so nobody get offended. But if you like riding the Texas Giant, you know, that could be, you know, a fairly volatile risk. And then I'm more apt to go jump with my kids on the teacups and ride just kind of some nice, easy ripples. And, you know, but there's a balance in between there. You know, what are you okay with? And one thing that we always talk about is it doesn't matter if you're riding the teacups or if you're riding the Texas Giant. It's going to hurt if you get on or off at the wrong time. So we try to be strategic with that. And one thing is, you know, people need income in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do we make sure that we have that? And one thing is we have our income buckets. So Aaron, can you talk a little bit about our income buckets and how we might utilize some of these strategies with that? Yes. So going back to it, we like to not necessarily trick our psyche, but we want to reassure everybody that things are going to be all right. So one of the ways we do that is we use the bucket strategy. And if somebody uh, needs income, you know, whether you're retired or setting aside a house payment, whatever that income need might be, we hold a year of that in cash. Whatever that, if we're sending it out monthly, bi-yearly, or even once a year, it doesn't matter. We want to hold one year of your income needs in cash. And after that, depending on your risk level, we're going to hold an additional two to five years or maybe even more in securities that aren't necessarily affected by the stock market. Our real goal behind this is we don't want to be forced to sell anything at the wrong time, mm-hmm. you know, because can't predict what the market's going to do. Sure can't predict how the market's going to act on any certain amount of news. So if we have that safety built into the portfolio that, hey, yes, the coronavirus happened, but we still have five years worth of income in a safe spot where we don't have to sell at any kind of distress levels, that puts people at ease. And they don't have to make drastic decisions ever. And, you know, we look at this, well, well, me and Matt look at this on a daily basis, but, you know, overall... You know, when we're doing our big rebalance and we at least go in there once a year and make changes, at least once a year. And with those changes, we're usually taking money off the top, taking our gains, taking our winners and either buying more income or 
picking up something that hasn't really performed as well that we have some high conviction in that we can make money at a future date. We yeah. like to buy buy low and sell high. Yeah. You know. It's always the goal. <laughs> always the goal. That's, that's yes. the plan, right? And one thing I like to, to throw in, you know, it's a lot of it is you're hearing a theme about discipline and behaviors. And it's always important that we, you know, behave ourselves into ways that we never have and that way we can achieve things that we never have achieved. And so some folks that have uh, maybe questioned, well, what is the market? What, you know, there's the place in the market for everyone. And you can hear how we can help with that based on your risk tolerance. It may be cash, cash equivalents on up to the Texas giant if you can stomach it. So I think that's wonderful. So anything else you want to throw yeah. in about? Well, uh, going back to that, we don't just target one type of people. Everybody is an individual. And really, no individual is wrong. You know, so I like to say there's a million ways to skin the cat. So no matter what your risk level is, we can design something just for you to help achieve your goals. You know, we may have to tweak your goals a little bit if they're unrealistic. But, you know, once we get to the baseline, we design basically anything for any individual out there. But it all goes back to that risk level and uh, who you are as an individual. So that is the most important part, like Matt was saying earlier, is to get that risk just perfect. And it's wonderful because we want to help people live life on purpose. And by doing these things, staying disciplined, having good behaviors, you know, having a coach in your corner that helps you stay rational amongst times such as these and make you want to make some decisions that maybe normally wouldn't come to your mind. You know, you need a sounding board. You need a coach. We offer that to our folks. And there's an article that comes out every week in uh, correlation with the show. And so I want to kind of give a teaser for that because I think it makes a, a very good point. And it's all about finding the perfect investment. And um, I hope Aaron doesn't panic because when I say perfect investment, that throws up a red flag, right? He's sitting here shaking. But basically what it boils it down to, and he touched on it briefly, but what is the most important thing? You know, money is a tool. And of our eight life planning issues, it's the last thing that we talk about because it is a tool to help us reach our goals. And so one of the, I'm going to give it away, but I'm going to let you read the background story, but there's only one perfect investment and that's family. And so to kind of shrink this up a little bit, I found myself doing it. I've seen Aaron doing it. I've seen other folks doing it. So during times like these when, you know, we can't run off and go to the movies or maybe run off and go do a water park or something like that, we invest the time in our families and make experiences. That's one thing I'd like to challenge everybody today is maybe you have already or maybe you want to start a new family tradition. You know, find out what's the most important thing. You might find something that goes on forever. I think that's something we can all take from and make sure you're focused on the most important thing and uh, stay disciplined. Let me take a quick break real quick. And then whenever we come back, we'll have a few minutes to wrap everything up. Does that sound good? Perfect. Sounds good. Okay, y'all keep it tuned here to Life Planning 101 on KATX and KWBY. And welcome back in to Life Planning 101 right here on KATX, KWBY. A few more minutes of... Uh, Pretty much market talk. Yeah. <laughs> Stock market, that is. <laughs> market talk. Let's get on into the numbers here. I know we've spent a lot of time on why and how we do things. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Always get a chuckle uh, reading the financial news every day. They always have a reason of why the market's either going up or going down. Like uh, somebody in the media is predicting well, what is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it always tickles me. But that reminded me of, I was reading the 
the earnings report. We're right in the middle of second quarter earnings right now. And I was going through the beats and the misses, and, you know, it all sounded fantastic. Um, 83% of the, the companies have beat their revenue or their earnings in the second quarter. And on average, they've beat by 22.4%. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Given what's going on right now. Yeah, that's most in history since I've been tracking it. That's huge. Even the revenue or the sales have beat by 1.6%, and that's the best that the, the market's done in the last five years. You know, that's incredible. But, but, okay, here, there's, here, here, always there's a the flip side. <laughs> Even though they've beat their expectations, earnings are still down almost 34%. And that is the most since yeah. the first quarter of 2009. Revenues are down 9.8%, and that's the most since uh, third quarter of 2009. You know, so even though you, you hear some really rosy reports, you know, they might want to read the disclaimers the or delivery. everything yeah, else, you know. So, But something to really look at, if, uh, if you really look at what earnings and revenues are down, you know, it hasn't been this bad since 2009. If we look back at 2009, 2009 was the actual, the second quarter of 2009 was actually the recovery of the mortgage crisis. Mm -hmm. That's when we took off. So even though earnings are bad and our revenue figures are bad, doesn't mean the market is going to do bad. You know, if we look at in 2021 and 2022, a lot of expectations are earnings are going to be growing by 20, 22% a year, which is massive. Mm -hmm. So, you know... That's really what the market should be pricing on right now. And one thing we're really watching, uh, two, two things. Number one, if uh, the Fed comes out and puts more money in our pockets, you know, if there is another relief package, mm -hmm. that's going to do wonders for the market. And if that happens, more than likely you need to be part of that. When we look at, uh, I find it interesting, we got to get some stuff opened up with some forward thinking because we even tried to uh, book a flight into January and they couldn't do it. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. Yeah. It seems like just a few months away, but the, the insurance is still there. So mm -hmm. I think when we start seeing some of that, that confidence, because people will fly again. People will Amen. travel again. Yeah. Um, that's going to happen. That's, just a matter of when. Yeah. And that's the big story. We're going to see this huge change from these tech stocks that have been soaring to more cyclical or the travel stocks. Don't know when that's going to happen. But when that confidence comes back, you know, these companies that have been beaten up so bad are going to return to normal. They might not excel, you know, but once we get the idea that these travel companies or these deep cyclical companies are not going to go bankrupt, they're going to be priced back to normal. Mm -hmm. Just getting back to there is going to be 25 to 33% yeah. returns. And if they can grow earnings after that, it's just going to be icing on the cake. So back to our behaviors you know, maybe going into these huge tech companies that uh, have been doing so well, maybe it's not the time to be doubling up on that. Because if we look, these stocks, these tech stocks have not been this expensive compared to the rest of the market since 1999. That was not a good year. <laughs> I mean, they, they got <laughs> priced astronomical, astronomically high. And not to say that history is going to repeat itself, but tech stocks dropped about 30% for three years in a row after that. There's a big difference between how that market is today versus back then, so it won't look exactly the same. But there's no reason to believe that some of this air out of this tech companies will come out, or let me put it this way, some of the money that people have been investing in these tech stocks will come out of those companies 
and move to more cyclical companies or smaller companies, the companies that have been affected the most through this downturn. And that's really where we're trying to position ourselves right now. And that's kind of thing as Matt was alluding to how we're constructing our portfolio so we can get the best of both worlds, you know, and not have our portfolio act one way or the other. We got to stay disciplined and you got to ask yourself, if you're making a decision, why am I making this decision? If you have questions, give Aaron a call. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give the, uh, the y'all's website, though, before we sign um, off. Kennedy-financial.com. You can find a Life Planning 101, the podcast. It's on all major podcast downloads, iHeart, iTunes. There's many more. Um, we have a weekly life lessons to your email every week. It's great, full of information, good ways to get in touch with us should you have questions. And I think that... Uh, yeah. wrap it up Aaron. yeah uh, if, if you do we you know we talk a lot about risk and if you wanted to get on and, and see what your a- actual risk score is you can get that as well if you wanted to see what your risk number was you can get that right off our, our website as well perfect we'll head over thank you for joining us for life planning 101 brought to you by kennedy financial services of eastland tune in every monday morning at 8 30 on katx and kwby and again on saturday morning at nine o'clock on katx and kwby for more life planning 101 advisory services offered through smart money group llc a registered investment advisor securities offered through calton and associates incorporated member finra sipc kennedy financial services incorporated is an independent of calton and associates incorporated and smart money group LLC.